0: Welcome to episode 132 of the British Birdman Breakdown, where we're a bit tired because only a few hours ago we got to see a very early Tuesday morning football game. It's now Tuesday evening, we have a podcast to record, so as ever, I'm Tom and I'm joined by Callum to put that together.
1: As promised, I didn't stay up, I did in fact instead get up early this morning and uh, watch, the game, uh, watch the game replay before I got any spoilers, so I'm quite pleased I didn't get any spoilers. I'm interested to hear your take on the game as somebody who stayed up for the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was obviously struggling today because you know two two hours of sleep, possibly if that, if I was lucky. But I did get a yeah, bit of sleep exactly. afterwards as well, so that's something at least.
1: All right, that's not too bad. I mean, an extra hour or so on top of that.
0: I mean, it's still well below your recommended daily allowance of sleep. But...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. I mean, I think the thing that'll be interesting is—is is, you know, I saw the game in in recap format, so I saw you know plays just back to back, and I think that often that gives you a really skewed perspective on the on the flow of the game and how it actually felt um, versus somebody who watched the full thing. So I'm interested to hear hear some potentially different opinions here.
0: I mean, watching you on the podcast, then you know, we have to be different somehow to each
1: <laughs> other, <laughs> for sure. I don't think we have any news, do we?
0: Not that I know of, no. I mean, we do have, obviously, some guys coming back off injured reserve, but I suppose we can talk about them during the game, can't we?
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, Might as well just get on to the game recap, um, where it was, in fact, again, a loss to the Los Angeles Rams, this time splitting the series with them um, across the year, and it was Arizona Cardinals 23, Los Angeles Rams 30.
0: I mean, to be honest, like... If you think back to season, if you were offered splitting the series with
1: LA Rams, you know, you're going to take that, aren't you? You're going to snap the hands oh, off. Oh, hu- hugely, hugely. I mean, it's. I don't think that this is a, a result to be embarrassed about.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a strange game for the Cardinals, really. You know, they had their chances, made some excellent plays, but they just couldn't put it all together, like, that one final time.
1: I think a few times, arguably, you know, it was a case of, like, almost but not quite you know like i i reckon a few calls here and there that go just a bit differently and the cardinals win that game quite handily
0: i mean yeah we are all about you know the what about what if this happened what if that happened you know
1: (laughs) yeah i mean ultimately like of course it, it was a loss but um i think there's positives to take away from the game but there are definitely negatives as well you know i don't want to say that it it was all sunshine and rainbows.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, like, had we won this game, we'd have clinched our spot in the playoffs, but that must go on for another week. Although there is one good yep. thing in the fact that this is actually in our hands this time. We don't have to rely on anyone else, do we?
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember it was like the very last week of the season last year against the Rams, actually, in LA. We had Chris Streveler in, and I think we needed to win while Chicago needed to lose or something like that.
0: Yeah, something along those lines, you know, we have that like very slender chance of making it into the playoffs over the final week. Yeah, yeah I mean, this year's season, it's like a completely different ball game, isn't it? You know, we've got weeks to spare. We're one game away from clinching the, like, clinching the playoff spot, not too far away from maybe winning the division as well
1: and not just that but it's a simple win in your end as well as you said it's it's in the cardinals hands which is a which is a better feeling to be honest i mean that does start to sound a bit positive doesn't it well really <laughs> yeah, i think true. we should probably kick off
0: we should probably kick off with some negative, shouldn't we get those out of the way first
1: yeah indeed um and i think the first negative here is that uh monday night football is really tuesday morning football
0: yeah, I mean, it's horrible, isn't it? It's like, I mean, obviously not for you because you didn't stay up for the game or get up for the game, but it's like, you know, you have all these ideas of, yeah, I'll go get an early night, get up at one o'clock, watch the game, maybe get a little bit of sleep afterwards, depending when it finishes, but it's like, never works out that way because you can never sleep before the game. And then after the game, you know, there's so much to think about. It's like, you can't really go back to sleep, but then you have to. Otherwise, you're like a zombie.
1: I think there's nothing worse than trying to go to sleep when you have to go to sleep, you know?
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that have to happen naturally, don't you, more than anything?
1: Yeah, definitely. But no, I mean, uh, I think, um, you know, you you say that it wasn't so bad for me, and it wasn't because I didn't get up for it. But, you know, the, the missing Cardinals football on a Sunday night, that wasn't so nice. You know, it, it kind of... I don't know. There was something. There's always something off about it when it's Monday night football that your team's playing on. When you almost feel like you can't enjoy the Sunday night games as much either.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you spend Sunday just watching Red Zone there, and you're thinking about your fantasy football teams. You know, maybe if you've got some bets on something like that, it's like it's just not the same.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you know, um, still, we, we we made it through. You you as I said, stayed up for it and everything. And honestly, like of all the losses to have stayed up a stupid time for. I would say this is one of the better ones that we've had of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we did lose to the Green Bay Packers in our only other primetime game, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we did. Um, but that was a much more miserable loss to watch, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I mean, but if it was another one of those games where, like, you know, had a couple of more things gone our way, could have been a completely different result.
1: Uh, I, I can I can agree with that. But this one, I, I got to say, I think, um, I think there were weak Cardinals moments, but I think, you know as I've kind of mentioned there, you know, the first quarter goes a bit differently. And and the Cardinals were strong in the first quarter. And I would say that the Cardinals were arguably very strong in the in the second half as well. But you know, not not the worst uh game to have stayed up for. It wasn't completely pathetic.
0: Yeah, I mean obviously we had to make it through the day afterwards and, you know, we get to record the podcast at the end of the day with memories both good and bad fresh in the memory. So that's maybe a positive.
1: Yeah. A a negative would definitely have to be um the offensive line, who who I think was probably the single biggest problem in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean he was all over the place, weren't he? You know, they were porous, letting pressures through. He got the flags, you know. They weren't just you just weren't able to move the ball as much as they have done in the past. I mean, maybe some of that is to do with the LA Rams defensive
1: line. But it's just like he didn't play well at all. None of them did. Well, I mean, I think I think a lot of what we saw was symptoms of the LA defensive line being very good. Like, you know, whenever whenever an offensive line is like serially holding like that, it's quite often because they're just beaten, you know. Um, and I think you know with the athleticism of Aaron Donald and and arguably the the sort of speed that Von Miller was showing, it kind of forced a lot of mistakes, if you like, out of the offensive line and really kind of put them on the back foot from, you know, uh, moment one. And
0: wasn't that impressed by Von Miller, to be honest? He didn't really offer much on the field. It was definitely like the Aaron Donald show, pretty much. Oh,
1: I think that's partially because Von Miller had, had so much speed that he was affecting the offensive line, you know, just immediately. and And that was allowing... Times for uh, Von Miller to the for uh, for Aaron Donald sorry to then get through, but I agree that Von Miller wasn't putting up any like big individual plays or individual numbers.
0: Yeah, I mean it was just disappointing from every single member of the starting offensive line. Like we had bad snaps from Rodney Hudson, poor blocking from Sean Harlow and Max Garcia, and I think both the offensive tackles drew flags as well during the game.
1: They they did, yeah. Um, I mean, bad snaps is an interesting one actually because I, you know, I hadn't really thought about that un- until now. But you're right; that was definitely a pattern in the game, wasn't oh. it? There was quite quite a few sort of muffed snaps, which is uh, obviously very tricky when you've got you know a lot of moving parts in that backfield.
0: I mean, obviously as well, we've got Kyla Murray as well, haven't we? So. If he's having to bend down for the ball, you know, you know it's not <laughs> going to snap at all, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Of all the quarterbacks, if there's if he's having to stoop, then you know that you've you've made it quite low.
0: I mean, we did have, obviously, as well, Justin Pugh back from injury, but he didn't seem to put him in the game, even though he was active. I think he was probably just there for emergency usage,
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much of it is the fact that you know, it depends on how much practice he got during the week. Because the thing is, and, and we've said it many times on this podcast, less so this season, because it's been less of a problem. Um, but the offensive line works as a unit, you know, you can't, you can't just um, sub individual players in and out, it, it kind of affects the, the dynamic of the whole unit and how they all work together. So, you know, it's a less easy task, shall we say, to just put Pew back in there. I mean,
0: even if he was like maybe seventy percent, I'd still rather him than a hundred percent Sean Harlow.
1: Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there, especially given the performance that Sean Harlow was giving. But um, you know, it might have been who, who knows. Maybe Pew kind of you know even even said that himself. Like I'd rather have an extra week of practice or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously we have got a few more games left in the season to work him back into the offensive line, so.
1: You know, yeah. when he I comes mean,
0: back, hopefully that improves the play of the whole unit.
1: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, given given the uh, the names that are in there, bringing Pew back is, is a huge, you know, like leadership to stick in there.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I definitely missed him on the offensive line, even though he might not be like an elite offensive lineman, but he's no. a lot better than no. people give him credit for.
1: And he's also been around the block a few times, you know. I think yeah, for, for making adjustments and things like that on, on the fly and being able to feed back to the coaching staff. That kind of experience is is really useful.
0: I think as well as the offensive line being disappointing, the defense was pretty disappointing throughout the game, weren't he?
1: Yeah, it was an odd one, especially um oddly enough, the secondary I felt like had a had a really, you know, tough time of it in, and they've had um you know, pretty glowing reviews from this podcast in recent weeks as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously Robert Alford's been pretty solid this season, but he had a really bad game in this one. Marco Wilson again got picked on like, like he was against Green Bay, they took advantage of him being a rookie. And it seems like LA decided, you know, we're going to do the same. And it seemed to work for pretty much all the game.
1: I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is like when... when um. Marco Wilson isn't being actively picked on then he's doing pretty well but when you just throw ball after ball his way he he starts to struggle you know he starts to almost panic I think
0: I mean it's not to say he's a bad player because he did make some good plays as well
1: absolutely not. I don't I don't think he's a bad player at all and I think you know ultimately if we're talking about about the defense here we have to sort of you know, at least acknowledge that this is probably one of the best offensive performances that LA's put together if not this year, then in the last you know, seven to ten games
0: Yeah, absolutely, you know, they just seemed to be perfect on nearly everything they tried, didn't they? It was just like yeah, like play after play they just seemed to get positive yards out of everything you know, Cooper Cup was his usual self, Odell Beckham had a good game, Stacey and Michelle got some good yards on the ground, it was like and even Matt and, Stafford, and if he like, had a good game as well.
1: I was gonna say, if you look at like the the perfect epitomization of it for me is that Stafford uh touchdown throw that was like right underneath. Was that underneath Marco Wilson?
0: Uh, yeah, the one to Cooper Cup. That was like Yeah. I don't think that ball could have been placed any more perfectly. Like it was the only place yeah, that exactly. Cup could get it.
1: And and I think um you know, in, in some ways, when we're talking about the defense, we need to bear in mind that the, the LA offense was pulling off plays like that, which I think are, are pretty indicative of everything else that was going on, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, had Marco Wilson maybe dived that millisecond quicker, that could have been an easy pick for him. Or it could have just been a pass breakup, couldn't it? Might have been
1: a yeah, completely exactly. different game. Exactly. And, and you know, like if they're pulling off stuff like that, that's not to say that, that the... um. The defense gets away scot free, you know. I think that they also gave up some pretty big ones. Um, definitely, our old bugbear, the run defense, is a big um, problem with that because, again, we just seem to have no real answer to uh, Sony Michelle.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of plays where we managed to stop him in the backfield, but other than that, I think, I mean, he didn't have like a massive game. I think he only had like no, 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 eighty yards in total, wasn't it?
1: I I don't think it was a case of him having a massive game or, or otherwise. You know, it's like, um, I don't know, how would you describe it? It, it? Unlike other teams who were just running the ball against us and that was their only method of getting the ball down the field, LA was using it really strategically. You know, they, they would pop off a run just to remind us that it was there and and use that to keep the passing game going more than anything else. You know, so so our poor run defence was directly contributing to the fact that we then had to really worry about the the pass offense as well.
0: Well I mean let's not forget as well how much like play action they ran as well, you know, off the yeah, run. very true. Very true. Like the amount of times we saw Matt Stafford like rolling out and then like bombing the ball downfield. And it seemed to work almost every time.
1: I think that's another big thing that with the defence was given up in these ones. And, and, you know, who knows if it's a case of, of bad play calling or whether they just weren't ready for it or whatever. But LA did seem to get off quite a few big chunk plays at just the wrong time for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we had, like, opportunities to get them off the field, like, on third and really long and then they'd, like, convert it, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, it was probably one of the worst third-down defenses, uh, defense performance that we've seen all year from the Cardinals. I
0: mean, also, it didn't help the fact that the pass rush was pretty non-existent in the game, you know? Matt Stafford had, like, literally all the time in the world. Could have brewed a couple yeah. back there.
1: Yeah, it was very odd. There was no real pressure on him at all. And that was, I mean, that's, that's obviously, again, like all these things contribute to each other. Right. But we're talking about the, the secondary having a hard time. If you've not got your pass rush going, then of course your secondary are going to have a hard time because they've got to hold on uh, to their, to their man for like, you know, seven, eight seconds, which is just way too long.
0: And sadly, they literally held on a few times as well, didn't need causing flags and all that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we talked about it with the offensive line. Defense, in general, pulling flags. Uh, lots of holding penalties, lots of pass interference. Um, we were lucky, very lucky, to not get called on a face mask right at the end of the game in in, in LA's last possession.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, how did we... I mean... The referee crew that we had are one of the more flag-happy ones in the entire league, so to see like all the flags on the field, it wasn't that much of a surprise, really.
1: I suppose so, but definitely, I mean, maybe it was different in, in the full game, but I think I watched pretty much every play, and it definitely felt like one of those games of, of a few years ago when every you know penalty was going to be a Cardinals penalty.
0: Yeah, I mean, another disappointment from this game is... Well, I say disappointment, you know. For all the low points in the game, there were plenty more high points in the game as well. So, you know, it's just one of those games again, you know, where positive and negative. So let's make it the Kylo Murray section.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I think um I think we kinda have to have to start off with the negative for Kylo Murray here, really, right? It's it was not not one of his better games.
0: I mean, overall, it wasn't a terrible game. It was just when he made the mistakes, they did cost us a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, obviously, one of the the key things to talk about here is turnovers. And, you know, was it three interceptions in the end?
0: No, it was two interceptions and two, two. turnovers on downs.
1: Oh, yeah, that was it. Um yeah, uh I mean we spoke about it already, but you know, that's a that's a big momentum changing play right there in the first quarter. Could have been a touchdown and instead it gets, you know, knocked back for a uh interception.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a I mean, you could see where they were trying to go with the play. It just maybe wasn't the best play to make because like looking how many rams there were between Kyler and his intended target Zach Ertz. There was no way in hell he was getting that ball through.
1: Yeah, I think actually both times he was targeting Zach Ertz, and, and it was an odd one because neither of the passes were were like big high passes that would be out of the reach of you know people who are in between, and both of them crossed the paths of somebody directly in between, which is almost, you know I'd, I'd say, poor judgment calling, poor judgment.
0: Uh, well, I think on the first one, you know, had we scored the touchdown there and taken a 10-0 lead. That could have been a completely different ball game from that point, couldn't it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, yeah, we talk about we talk about momentum changes and stuff like that and I think both of these both of these uh big turnovers were were huge momentum changers. And you know, it's a question of of why that happened and and if it's avoidable for happening again and and if you ask me, Um, both of them are are down to offensive line play in some way or other.
0: Yeah, I mean, on the second interception where it was just a really good play by Leonard Floyd, you know, to bat it down and then catch it himself. It was like, you could see he was going to try, like, loop the ball over him into Zach Hertz, who was wide open, you know. Had you, like, put a little bit more on the ball, you know, Floyd wasn't, like, he wasn't going to get to that at all. Yeah,
1: yeah. If he puts a bit more height on that, then it's going to get over Floyd cleanly. And then, as you said, Zarkac is in space. But I think, you know, in this case, we know he was rolling out left for him. And I think the reason that he was rolling out the way he was wasn't a designed play. I think that the offensive line, you know, shattered and and Aaron Donald was coming after him.
0: Yeah, he was just trying to get away from Aaron Donald, wasn't he? You know, literally run his way as fast as you can.
1: Yeah. And I don't know about I don't know who was chasing him after the after him the first time, but the, I think that that's you know, basically, in 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 as much a way as it can be, it's a 4 error.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, he didn't have to make that throw, but he chose to and paid the price for it in the end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Although I, mean, I should that say means- as well,
0: before we move on to it, like a positive, like I did not like see, seeing Kyla Mori. Diving like headfirst at the knees of both guys?
1: No, I didn't like seeing that at all either. Like and it's it's not as though it's, you know, like little cornerbacks he was tackling either. These are like big linebackers, right?
0: Yeah, I mean I think both of them are like six foot plus, you know, two hundred and thirty yeah. odd pounds. It's like Kyla, don't do that. Don't put your head there. It shouldn't
1: be. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want McCall time again. McColl McCall time? McCoy time, sorry. Um yeah, I don't know. I I think um, you know, you, you, again, for every for every negative that that we're talking about here, there were really good plays pulled off as well. In particular, big um big runs, big designed runs that were just, you know, fantastic and and a couple of times scrambles again going for 10, 15 yards a pop.
0: yeah, I mean, you know, like that run at the end of the first half just to get the ball into field goal range that was just a great play by Colin Murray with yeah, one and, second and get, left on the clock
1: and and you could see him looking up to to look at the game clock i don't know if you saw that in the replay but you could see him you know uh taking his eyes off the field for a second to see exactly where he was and picking up an extra 2 3 yards and i think ultimately you know you you want to talk about going into the half tied up that is that play is what does it
0: i mean it also puts, Ends to any hopes of extending that annoying sean ve streak that's going on
1: uh yeah, yeah, indeed,
0: which we shouldn't really talk about because you know it would have been nice to you know had they missed the field goal and like gone in thirteen ten down, you know second yeah. half, maybe we'd have had the chance to end that streak, but sadly it wasn't to be
1: I mean unfortunately, we wouldn't have ended it anyway as as things stand, but um you know. We can we can talk about some uh, Sean McVeigh who do again next year. Or in
0: the playoffs if we manage to meet them again. Because or in who the knows? playoffs, I,
1: ho- I I hope we don't. I hope we don't.
0: I mean, um, as well with Kyle Murray, we've talked about his negatives, but you know he does still make those ridiculous plays that make you wonder. You know, how the hell did he do that?
1: Yeah, like, I mean, Murray magic is still very much alive and well, isn't it? I mean, a, a couple of those marches down the field at the end of this, at the end of the first half, at the end of the second half, um, we're both, you know, I'd like to see any other quarterback in the league make some of those plays. Yeah, I mean,
0: there was one play where he's like rolling out towards the sideline and he finds AJ Green, who makes another ridiculous catch to like get the first down. But like, I think Kyler Murray was recorded at like the fastest speed of any quarterback this year. Like eighteen miles an hour before getting the ball off.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he he, you know, managed to get himself into space. He managed to get moving, and and we know he's got jets. And yeah, again, like on top of that, being able to throw from from that <laughs> kind of. Movement, I think, is is a really exciting quality to have.
0: I mean, there's never a dull moment with Kyle Moore, is there?
1: Yeah, I, exactly, exactly. I mean, my hope is that going into next week, um, especially again, we can talk about the the that in the game preview but especially against the Lions. Um, we we want to see him, you know, tighten that up. Uh, hopefully the offensive line play gets a little bit better. And and if he can just be calmed down again in the pocket and just kind of told, like, listen, it's okay. You know, take your time a bit more. You'll be fine.
0: I think we talked enough negatives, though, because, you know, we may have lost the game, but there were still some positives to take from the game. So maybe we should highlight some of them before we move on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, as we've already said, you know, a couple things go differently. I think that's the Cardinals' ballgame. And on top of that, I think, you know, we managed to still put up a decent number of points against a um you know a good healthy opponent, um in a way that you know might come with some lessons per- attached to it, but also you know could be could be good practice to what might happen in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean we can't really talk about positives without mentioning the fact that Jalen Ramsey was COVID positive. So you didn't play this game. <laughs> Which is always a bonus. Yeah, I mean, it obviously opened up J. Hopkins a bit more in the game, even though, you know, he had that awful drop
1: on fourth down. He did, yeah. But, I mean, he also did have a couple of particularly good catches late in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could say it was a better drop by eye. But I'm <laughs> sure he would have been quoted as been saying that, had he?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, speaking of, of Cardinals receivers, I think... Um, up until the very, very last couple of drives, the Cardinals' leading receiver was, in fact, James Connor.
0: Yeah, and I mean the records continue to fall, but you know, you, again, we you have to feel for the legacy of John David Crow, who continues <laughs> to see his records tumble with every passing week.
1: I like that you uh, seem to find a way to include him every week because you like saying his name. I know you have got a Crow, sort of like Crowbar's name in there, haven't you? Is that the word? <laughs> Crowbar. Huh. Um but yeah, indeed, um James connor had a had a real, really good game, um, particularly as a receiver where he now leads the league in one handed catches because that just seems to be his style at the moment.
0: And uh, you know, I'm surprised that actually is a stat in the league of recording those, but it is actually a stat. You were I mean, on about it in the commentary. It's like what they the hell
1: re- they will record anything they can as a stat, but um I'll take
0: it. I mean, to be honest, it were it was a ridiculous one I had to catch once again from him.
1: It was, yeah. Um which is it's interesting because I mean ultimately you could say that he was he was far more impressive catching passes this uh this round than he was uh running. I mean, I don't know
0: if you saw it in the highlights, but in the full game they showed Aaron Donald next to him because obviously they were both Pittsburgh teammates back in college.
1: They were, like, yeah. I remember because Aaron Donald tried to tackle him on the line as well and wasn't quite able to.
0: Yeah, he just bounced off him, didn't into the end zone? Yeah, but it's like you think of Aaron Donald as this like massive, ma- massive like human, but it's yeah. like stood next to James Conner. he looks tiny. It's so bizarre. Really? Yeah, you should look at the picture. It's
1: not it's crazy. That's that is strange. So so a running back is bigger than a defensive end, basically. I suppose I suppose he's not really a defensive end, is he? He's just a defensive weapon, isn't he? Aaron yeah. He can do whatever I, the fuck I, he wants. I, a, a defender. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's a strange one. I wouldn't have called that. I would not have called that at all.
0: And I mean, obviously, you know, with him turning into this all-around weapon in the offensive system, it makes you wonder what's Chase Edmonds going to be doing once he returns? Because, you know, he was apparently close coming into this one, but just not close enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, f- considering that at a time we were looking at, you know, Chase Edmonds taking the majority of snaps um and James Connor, you know, um just picking it up for the red zone. I think Connor's done enough in, in the weeks when Chase Edmonds been out to to you know put himself or position himself as a as a kind of bona fide starter. But it'd be interesting to see um Edmonds come back in as as like a, a more specialized running back um and maybe even keep both of them in again because there were some really good plays developing when they were both healthy. Of of using the two of them, and I think especially with with Connor being you know such a such a beast at the moment, like that could be especially effective. And as well, you know how we
0: <clears throat> you know how we say that Marcus Golden is a pretty good steal with the contract he's on. Mm-hmm. James Connor is earning one point seven five million dollars for this season. My goodness, that's, that's just a bargain, isn't it?
1: The, those are some cheap touchdowns.
0: And of course, let's not forget the fact that he has just gone and won his third British Bird Gang Player of the Game Award from this game.
1: Yeah, um, the the voting is still open because the game was so recent, but um, he has kind of run away with it.
0: Literally and figuratively.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And not just that, but he's also won his third, which puts him, uh, I believe now, again tied with Kyler for... Um, most of the season.
0: No, he's actually out in front on his own now, because it's, he's on three, yeah. He's on three, and Kyler and JJ Watt are on two each.
1: Ah, so. I, th- I For some reason, I thought Kyler had got his third one, but no, okay, well, there you go. James Connor currently winning as most player of the games of the season.
0: Well, I mean, you uh, know, if I, if I had my way, Kyler would win it a lot more than he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, to be fair, you would also give it to John David Crow as well, but You know, um, that being said, um, James Conner was, he had a great game, but he was far from the only person on offense to have a good game.
0: Yeah, I mean, A.J. Green had a huge game for the wide receiver as he became the 50th wide receiver in NFL history to have 10,000 career receiving
1: yards. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, just uh, obviously putting it, putting paid to, you know, a really, really good career. Um, so far he also had some absolutely outstanding catches during the game well
0: I mean, it's just what he does isn't it it just makes these grabs look so easy half the
1: time yeah and I, I get the feeling as well like i i doubt that he is the first read in a lot of plays um and so i feel like when the ball does come to him it's gonna you know, developing late um, and he just manages to get these these insane, you know, high aerial grabs a lot. Um, unfortunately, he could have got, what, and nearly, was it two TDs that he he missed out on? Or, well, I mean, he definitely. One he, definitely, and maybe a second.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can make the jokes here, but, you know, he could have had the easiest touchdown of his career, but he just didn't turn around. Or he turned the wrong way, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely becoming a bit of a pattern with him in the red zone, but I mean, I, I don't think it can take away from, you know, because both, both of those were, were tricky passes, I would argue. Maybe not the first one, but, um, you know, it doesn't take away from from a very good game where he was helping to move the sticks a lot.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he did that with a really good game, but it could have been that much better, you know, had he connected with a couple of those, well, at least the pass in the end zone where, you know, his covering cornerback had slipped. So he was yeah. literally yeah. wide open in the end zone and Kyler just misses him. Or rather he goes one way and Kyler throws and the ball, the, ball the, other the other way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, tricky, but that that's just it. I mean, still still a very good game. But yeah, you know, you you make that catch, maybe you win player of the game.
0: I mean another player who had a really good game and once again actually had a few mentions in the commentary. And that was defensive
1: back Jalen Thompson. Yeah, definitely one of the uh, rarer ones to be talking about having a specifically good game, but um, you know, out there making lots of tackles and um, you know, just just having a having an all round solid game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was nice to hear the commentators being pretty complimentary
1: about him. You know.
0: Obviously, he's not going to be like the. He's not like a star, you know,
1: like first yeah, round. Yeah, he's, he's pick not one of guy. the star players, but that they were talking about the whole time. But you know, even so, I think ultimately there's there's a, a place for a good, solid safety.
0: Yeah, I mean, he gets all he does all the hard work, doesn't he? Like he let the
1: team in tackles. I think he had nine in total, which is you know that's that's a long day's work, isn't it? Especially against the Rams, who are running hard. Yeah, I mean, you know,
0: obviously, I don't think he's going to be earning any Pro Bowl votes, but when it comes to the British Bird Gang Awards at the end of the season, he could surprise a few people, I think.
1: Yeah, I I would agree, actually. I mean, as much as we've not specifically been talking about him, we kind of more always talking about the unit as a whole. Um You know he he's been consistently dependable all season, and I think you know for this game, one of the reasons he might have just stood out so much is because the difficulties that Robert Alford and Marco Wilson were both having.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, one player we haven't mentioned in the defensive backfield was not. I was going to say Cooper Cup, but he's not Cardinal. I went about other other alliterative. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, again, like. I think he had a couple of plays where maybe he was beaten, but throughout the game, he just did his job pretty well, locking up whoever he was on.
1: I think that's that's always the curse of the cornerback and the uh, the safety, isn't it? Just the curse of the, the defensive secondary. Nobody's talking about you unless you are either having the game of your life and just picking balls off here and there, or you're just having a bad time and you're blowing coverage all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no like happy medium is there in that. It's like either exactly, you're yeah. doing really
1: the, good or are you really shit. Yeah, the, the happy medium is literally just like you are doing your job and you're doing it well, and nobody's going to notice because you're you're not even going to be, you know, on camera. It's it's you know, anyway, tricky tricky one um, for them. But yeah, it's nice to see, as you said, Jalen Thompson getting kind of the praise he he deserves. And I mean, it's kind of like the offensive line as well, if you think
0: about it. You know, if they're doing their job, no one really pays any attention, do they? It's only ever highlighted when they're like either yeah, pancaking absolutely. a defensive player or, you know, they're giving <laughs> up a sack on the quarterback, aren't they? Letting guys like, even like then, Aaron Donald
1: through. Yeah, even then, the pancaking of defensive players is sometimes left for like somebody who specializes in these things to find it on Twitter, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it is always entertaining, you know, seeing guys getting completely dominated, you know, and then just lie on them for the hell of it, just because you can't basically.
1: <laughs> well, you know, if you're one of those big guys, you'd like a lie down to. It's true. It's true. And, and Yeah. Well, finally, I think, um, definitely worth a mention, is, uh, Matt Prater after a pretty shaky week, arguably in, in Chicago. Um, he he was back on it with um not just two field goals over fifty yards, but also making an onside kick as well. Yeah, I mean,
0: we could have maybe been talking about even more kicks from 50 plus yards, but Cliff Kings, we decided not to elect to go for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a strange, strange choice, but you know, I I, I, I understand that. I think it was a data-driven choice.
0: I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because if you think about it, we were ten points behind. You need a touchdown and a field goal. I mean, yeah. you can't take the touch. You can't take the field goal if you want, but then you've got to drive the entire length of the field to score a touchdown, don't you? Whereas you've got to drive if-
1: the entire length of the field under time pressure as well. Like you know, I, I think it's it's much easier to get the ball, say. Somewhere between the fifty five and twenty five yard line within a time frame than it is to get it all the way to you know the to 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 the the goal line as it were
0: Well, yeah exactly, so you' always gotta go for the touchdown first aren't you and then like we've obviously we've got matt Prater, so anything like fifty maybe even sixty yards you know if you're within that range come like few seconds left on the clock you've got a chance of taking that to overtime haven't you
1: yeah i mean i I think it i think it's the correct decision you know from from a data point of view like i understand why everybody was annoyed about it um but equally you know if you've got kyler murray there and you go like well you know we've got a chance we can convert this on fourth down we can get a touchdown and then as you said all you need to do is drive to like within 60 yards and you're there. And
0: I mean, like like you said, with an onside kick, you know, if you recover one of those you're like even shorter field goal, re- yeah, absolutely. you probably only have to pick up like two or three first downs, <laughs> unless you make like the big plays.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think I think it was the right choice in the end. I mean, I don't, I don't buy everybody who was saying that this is, you know, Kingsbury's fault as a, as a poor play call. You know, I think ultimately like, you know, when you get yourself into that situation, there's kind of no right answer and there's no wrong answer either. I mean it's a hundred percent the right thing to do. People on Twitter are just stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: It's like um gotta second guess everything, haven't you? But it's like, you know, they, that's the decision they made, you know. What are you gonna to do to change yeah. it?
1: You can't change yeah, it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the other thing, isn't it? thats is the other thing. But I mean I'm not a stupid I, person on Twitter, so you know, go follow British video <laughs> Um well I mean, what more is there to be said about that game? I think ultimately, like, the the last word on it that I would have is, is you know, a disappointing loss um, with some good points to it. Um, and also, you know, that's, that's probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest, remaining opponent on the schedule.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've still got some tough games coming up. You know, we've got Dallas, we've got Indianapolis, we've got Seattle again, and then we've got, you know, detroit this week so you know it's not the end of the world that the fact you know we're now 10 and three we're not the number one seed in the nfc anymore i think we've dropped to three now haven't
1: we uh yeah it drops quite fast because you know there's a lot of the other big teams were were kind of catching up with us but um you know I, I, a three seed is hardly to be sniffed at well
0: i mean it's one of those things as well isn't it like you know Tampa Bay are, uh, are like a good team, you know. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl last year. Green Bay, they've got Aaron Rodgers; they're always going to be dangerous. Exactly. And Arizona, you know, we're a good team. I wouldn't have it said anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I would agree. I would agree with that. So, like, you know, um, it's it's really hard to pick like who's going to be the number one seed out of those three. Like, we could all like win out the rest of the way, and it'll be it'll still be. I think it's Green Bay one, Tampa Bay two, us three. So it's like whatever. If that's what it yeah, is, we have to go on I, the road. So be it.
1: I think um I think that can change depending on like score differential and stuff like that because Green Bay have got us in a head to head, but Tampa Bay have us in a score differential. I want to say at the moment. Um, but you know we we we'll see how that all plays out. Um, you know. Uh, who who knows? I mean there's there's still what six weeks left in the season now? I mean we've still got four games left, so it's four, like f- Yeah, four four games in, in, in the the regular season. You know, that's that's a lot of time for things to, to shake out. That's a whole month of football still to play. It's like everything's still to play for. Nothing's and not just decided just it's... yet. It's December football as well, and we all know how just anything can happen in December. So, I mean, it's something to look forward um, to,
0: isn't it? As we get to the end of the season, which is the same thing that could be said for fantasy football as well.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say it is indeed the end of the fantasy football season. Um, you get any any playoff aspirations remaining?
0: Well, not in either of the two leagues in that we focus too on this podcast because my, I mean, my big ball season was over weeks ago, but like in the dynasty league, you know, maybe I would have had a chance had you pulled out a victory this week, but not to be. Also, I'm blaming i I'm you decent, for me, not being in the playoff.
1: <laughs> I had a decent game as well. I just got beaten by, uh, by Simon by like seven points or something, putting up nearly 200 with a broken and beaten team. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with that. I didn't go out, uh, fight I didn't go out, um, you know, weekly, but uh, there you go. Well, I mean, my result
0: this week was ridiculous. I lost 176.08 to 175.84. Oh. So that's literally 0.24 oh. points, I think. Yeah. If my maths is correct.
1: Yeah. And the adjustment's already done, isn't it? Um, as far as I can tell, it is, yeah. So, like,
0: had Dak Prescott not thrown, like, Another interception. Maybe I'd have won that game. Well, I mean, I would have won that game. Stupid Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, I, mean I, I did benefit from the fact that Lamar Jackson played maybe like four or five snaps and then got injured, so he only scored like yeah. one point.
1: It's it's a funny old uh, week like that because I had the same thing actually in the um, in the Bird Gang ball. Um, where, yeah, Lamar Jackson, 1.18 points, at, at least in that league's scorings. Um, and that meant I was able to win 130.2 to 113.5, um, which takes me to 6-8, and eight, but only allows me to be ninth in the league. So it's been a fairly competitive league, that one, this year.
0: Yeah, I think we still got another couple of weeks in the Bird Gang Bowl, because I'm pretty sure it's like week 17 is the... Individual ones, then of course. Um, yeah, I think do... it
1: is week seventeen. Um But the, uh I think I'm far enough out of the playoffs. I suppose i I'll, I would need. I think, um everyone in my division or the top two in my division to both lose out, and for me to win out, to to have a chance. Well, in the background bowl, I'm four
0: and ten, so it's like we can just brush over that fact.
1: <laughs> um, how about we? Finish up with fantasy football, and we'll get on to weekly pick-ems. Um But in the meantime, we'll start a new recording because this one's kind of starting to go funny. I don't think it is. Is it? it seems to be alright. Uh, uh, you're you're dropping out a bunch for me. Really?
0: I think it's just because yeah, I'm not talking.
1: I, no, no, I I didn't hear you like during everything you were saying. Like it would, it all came as like a big rush. Oh right, okay, that's strange.
0: Maybe it's because I'm messing um, around on my phone, which I shouldn't
1: do. Could be. Could be. But um yeah, tell you what, um let's let's stop this recording here, bank what we have, and then we'll start from weekly. So yeah, now we've
0: talked about the fantasy football. Let's get on to the weekly pickums. where I had a re- relatively successful week, finishing eleven and three. I can only blame three teams for letting me down this week. So cheers Buffalo. <laughs> cheers to Cincinnati and cheers to Carolina, I think. But thank you, LA, for Ooh. beating us. I'll take the one point.
1: Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, Tom actually did indeed pick uh, pick the Rams against us, which is a, a rare choice for him. But yeah. Um, week 15, however, we've got a, a fairly contentious pick of the bunch. Um, so far, we are agreeing that Buffalo will beat Carolina, Cleveland will beat the Raiders, uh, Miami will beat the Jets, that Dallas will beat the Giants, Cincinnati is going to take Denver, uh, San Francisco over Atlanta, uh, Tampa Bay over New Orleans, and that is actually it for the ones that we're agreeing on. Which means that it's going to be a, a bit of a bumper week for for disagreements. Starting off with Kansas City versus the Chargers, where I'm thinking the Chargers might have the edge on this one.
0: Yeah, I mean it's one heck of a front, a in night football game, isn't it between these two teams?
1: Yeah, big time. I'm actually. I'm really sad that it's on for Thursday night because there's no way I'm staying up to watch it. Um, but I think it'll be a cracking game. I think it'll be a high scoring game at the very least.
0: I think it just depends who LA have got back. You know, have Will Keenan and Allen have like got through the COVID protocols in time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just like who who's Justin Herbert going to have to throw to? I think for me, I I base this off of a, a healthy Chargers team. Um, who we know can do big things but obviously you know they've they've uh, let themselves down a few times this season
0: i'm just going to go with Kansas City because you know they're starting to look like the formidable force what they've been the past couple of years these
1: it's past about, few weeks it's about time it's taken them what like 14 13 14 weeks to get to that point
0: maybe they're peaking at uh, the right time
1: Uh, Another contentious one. I'm going to take uh, New England over Indianapolis because I think that um, New England's record on the road is a bit like uh, Arizona's this year. Um, And equally, you know, while Indianapolis are an excellent team, uh, (coughs) they do also seem to have a bit of a weak spot for even a crippled New England team.
0: Yeah, I'm sad to move Indianapolis in this one just because, you know, I'd like to see New England lose that unbeaten record away from home, so we can be the only team with that record.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would be nice to see, but I I think um, New England, again, has has really kind of proven their point so far this year. Um, Another team, however, I would say that's that's kind of more of a recent turnaround is Washington football team, who I've got to beat Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I'm not obviously the biggest fan of Philadelphia, but the way just Washington... I just don't rate them that much this year, even though you've got some good players. It's like I think they're just missing what they had
1: last year, whatever that I might think be for me for me, I've seen Ron Rivera put together some really, really good games, and they're kind of coming off of a i mean admittedly fairly easy win um over the Raiders but um I think they've they've put together some good wins this season, and I think it's almost about time that they they beat a real quality opponent. Think you need to, you don't need to stay in the playoff hunt as well. Yeah, indeed.
0: Whatever the um, mess is down that far in the NFC, you don't care really.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's it starts to be um, dice rolling at that point. But, you know, they, they, they need to win. Um, you know, I think it could... It, yeah, it could could be a game for them. Let, um, let the
0: bottom dwellers feet go for those wild card spots. We'll take the number one seed.
1: And um speaking of wild cards, uh two teams that you could consider to be wild cards are Tennessee and Pittsburgh, um, both of whom have had uh some excellent performances this year, both of whom have had some terrible performances this year. And you're taking Pittsburgh to beat the Titans.
0: I am just because you know, I'm not sure why, to be honest. Just because I'd like to see Tennessee falter?
1: Yeah, I I think um if they're gonna falter, they're not gonna falter to Big Ben's Steelers at the moment. They're they're just um I don't know, they they, they are consistently shooting themselves in the foot.
0: I mean the next game just like reeks of like maybe being <laughs> the worst game ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm almost tempted to watch it out of curiosity. Um Houston, Jacksonville, um which just cannot be cannot be a fun time for either team. Um, I'm taking Urban Meyer's lot here over uh, the Texans.
0: Yeah, I'm just taking Houston because you know Jacksonville just seems to be like a mess right now. You know, all these reports coming about Urban Meyer. You know, like the nightclub thing wasn't bad enough
1: earlier in the season. Oh you know? yeah. And now he's having meetings with his coaching staff telling them that they're all losers. Um, well, way to but, endear yeah. yourself to the new staff, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, his, his time has to be done there pretty soon. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to take Jacksonville. Um, but I do think that this absolute trash fire could go either way. Um, I don't expect we'll be and, seeing
0: many breaks to it, you know, in the Arizona-Detroit game. You know, like when they show... The highlights of other games happening at the same time <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i think if we do get one of those highlights it's going to be for something strange or dreadful that's happened um like the you know one of those plays where both teams fumble multiple times or something like that or like
0: a football um, that was covered for a safety or some ridiculous stuff
1: like that yeah yeah exactly exactly um Next up, disagreement on Green Bay versus Baltimore. Uh, You're taking Green Bay. I'm taking Baltimore because I really hope that Green Bay lose. I
0: mean, I was thinking the same, but, you know, this could be Baltimore without Lamar Jackson, and we saw how bad that looked.
1: Yeah, I know. That's that's the tricky bit, isn't it? It's like, oh, no, if Lamar's Lamar's unhealthy, then... I mean, that's that's the big question mark of that game. I mean, if Lamar Jackson...
0: if Lamar Jackson is healthy, you know I'm taking Baltimore just to be like fuck you, Green Bay.
1: Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. I would say that you know if if Lamar Jackson looks like he's going to start, Baltimore can take. It. Then if not, you know it'll be Green Bay. Um, Seattle versus the Rams, NFC West showdown, spectacular. Um, you're taking the Rams. I'm taking Seattle for similar reasons to why I picked Baltimore, but also I do think that. This resurgent Seattle team can occasionally put together a really good game, and I could see them doing to the Rams kind of what we did to the Rams earlier in the season.
0: I mean, yeah, obviously, for NFC playoff seedings, it would be like the ideal situation to see the LA Rams lose to Seattle, you know, not just for the playoff seeds, but just for the memes and banter and everything else (laughs) in between. Yeah, definitely,
1: definitely. But um, well, sadly, sadly, I
0: don't think like the twenty twenty
1: one Seahawks are any good, so I can't see them winning. No, sadly, no, I don't think so either. I think it would be a, an odd state of affairs if they managed it, but I, I would love to see how they came up with that. Um, and finally, we have the NFC North showdown of Minnesota at <coughs> Chicago, um, and I've gone with Chicago here just because I think Minnesota is imploding. And um, Chicago desperately needs a win of some kind, um, even if that's just a spiritual win. And I think that uh, beating the Vikings here could be that that momentum for them.
0: I'm just taking Minnesota just
1: because
0: I think I like them well, I a bit more than I like Chicago.
1: I think Minnesota are also probably arguably the better team there, but, um, you know, I, I I would like to see Chicago win that game. But there
0: is one game where we haven't spoken about yet and that is the Arizona Cardinals game.
1: Yeah, indeed. Arizona Cardinals travel to Detroit to take on the Lions. Um, a team that was previously winless uh, to, until, what, two weeks ago?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're now one and one in the standings yeah. which is the worst in the NFC worst in the entire league I think, possibly.
1: I believe it is, and they could also lose to us and go for the excellently palindromic one eleven and one uh record, but um I guess that remains to be seen um yeah lions where 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 do we think we're at because it's been a couple of years um not quite in a row, but like I think three out of the last five years we've faced the lions um probably as the better team, and we've lost quite a few of those times.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had that really weird one, didn't we? Cliff Kingsbury's first year where it went to overtime. We
1: did. Yeah, we did. And and I think um, you know, this these are games that we could really describe under the banner of found a way to lose.
0: I mean they were the Lions with Matthew Stafford and whoever else he had a head coach in those times. It's like yeah. yeah,
1: it's a slight I think that was maybe um Matt Patricia's first year there. It was, yeah, because Matt Patricia in he, the first he, one, yeah. He was in the same coaching class, if you like, as Cliff Kingsbury. Um, but yeah, uh, strange one. I mean, like, let's let's not beat about the bush. This is a team that we absolutely should be beating.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah, you know, especially when you've got Jared Goff at quarterback, who doesn't have yeah. Sean McVay in his ear anymore, telling him where to throw
1: and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jared Goff experiment has not gone down well in, uh, in detroit so far i mean who would have thought that just bringing in a new quarterback wouldn't fix the uh deep institutional problems that that team has
0: well i mean it doesn't help the fact that his best running back is out for the season and they're using guys like you probably never even heard of before and then yeah, when you look at the wide receiver the room, roster. yeah i mean like the wide receiver room they've literally got whoever they can pull together for that. Like, they got rid of Marvin Jones, they got rid of Kenny Golladay, and they've yeah. got
1: uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and that's about it. And even then, you know, that's that's going to be deep down the roster of any other team's, uh, teams wide receiver core. So, you know, yeah, ultimately, uh, a, a game we should be winning, and yet, why am I nervous? Because it's the Arizona Cardinals, and if you're not nervous, <laughs> it's not
0: the Arizona Cardinals, is it? <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i would agree with that it's it's cardiac cards isn't it it's like uh you know i i do wonder if there's other teams you know if like if you're a fan of i don't know brady era new england would would you think you'd be nervous going into this game you know but there is you know and again was something we hinted to at the top of the show um this is winning you're in you know you win this and we've we've punched our ticket to the playoffs
0: and got one step closer to winning the nfc west and reclaiming our crown
1: yeah absolutely um which i think is just you know extremely uh, extremely exciting and and um again you know like this would be this would be the game to do it this would be the game to get that out of the way and have it not be something that you would be uh you know too worried about for the rest of the season
0: it could be that thing you what Britarians used to say, it's the hat and t shirt game.
1: Yes, exactly. A hat and t shirt game. And like the nice thing is is once you've got your hat and your t shirt, you know, once that's then settled, it's like, okay, now we can move on and we can uh you know, settle in for a slightly tougher stretch. And the fact that we want a bigger hat next time. <laughs> well, I hope we get the biggest hat this time, frankly.
0: I think we all do, don't we?
1: That's always a dream. Yeah. I mean that's a dream for always. all
0: thirty-two teams. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. 31 if you don't um, count the Detroit Lions.
1: <laughs> well, they I think that they might be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs by now. I mean, there is that ridiculous thing going around, but I think that's
0: probably expired now. Which is, a shame. is Yeah, that's 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 long since gone. So yeah, they're probably like literally officially eliminated from playoff contention as if they were ever in playoff contention, but you know, I suppose you have to say that for clarity,
1: don't they? They do. They do. But I guess, um, you know, for, for all the danger men that the lions maybe don't have, um, for all the home field advantage that the Cardinals have been robbing of, uh, the, the home teams all season. Um, this is going to be a tricky one to predict the score for, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, last time I've predicted a really high-scoring game, it was like, was it the Houston Texans game? And it was like... It, it was, yeah. We didn't quite break the faulty barrier there, but could we do that against Detroit? Possibly.
1: I think, ultimately, with this offense, you have to
0: hope so, right? And, of course, there is a defense. You know, We know Jared Goff's prone to making these errors every now and then. Perhaps we
1: can capitalise yeah, on that. Indeed, if we can if we can make Jared Goff look like Andy Dalton, then uh, then we'll be laughing, I think. Um, t- Do I go over 40 or don't I? I think I'm going to stick with the safe side. I think I'm going to put the Cardinals in for 35 points um, and give the Lions 10, 13 maybe?
0: I've literally stolen my scoreline because I was thinking in my head, you know, 35-15. Well, not fi- I said 35 13 for the Cardinals.
1: Yeah. So yeah, let's go. I mean, them. we can we can we could predict the same scoreline. Maybe it's uh, more powerful if we predict the same scoreline.
0: I mean, we would obviously prefer it to be like 43-15, but you know, we'll take 33-15 yeah. if we need to.
1: Yeah. I, ideally, it would like ideally it would be like 35-13 in the first half, you know, and then we can just relax for the second half.
0: I mean, we'd rather it be like 35 nothing, but you know, we have to be realistic.
1: <laughs> Sadly. Um. Yeah, we do we do have to factor in actually that this is a six pm game, which technically makes it a, a road six pm game, which historically been bad for the Cardinals, but this year not so much.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you do have to take into account, don't you, the fact that it's a six pm game for the Cardinals. Like you know, we know they're not particularly great in those, but they have been better this season. They're also on the road where they're unbeaten, so you know. Let's hope those streaks continue.
1: Yeah, yeah, indeed. I was going to say that, you know, that's definitely, a, um, a, a hopefully, a concern of the past now. Um, but, you know, definitely not been bothering too much this season. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick by my, by my decent-sized win calculation.
0: I mean, let's hope that comes to fruition on Sunday and the Cardinals punch their ticket to the playoffs. Then who knows what will happen.
1: Yeah, and you know, with a bit of luck, we will be speaking to you next week on the British Bird Gang breakdown about <coughs> a win against the Lions and about the emerging NFC playoff picture.
0: And of course, we will probably be a bit better rested because there's no early <laughs> kickoff for us to sit through. Thankfully, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So um, until next week when we've had a good sleep. Um, thanks very much for for listening. I suppose we just got to yeah. do our plugs. Yeah, how can we forget the plugs, you know? Yeah, how can people forget? The, the plugs aren't written at the end of the document this time. And for some reason, I forgot about the plugs.
0: Well, I mean, the plugs are obviously if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. join the group at Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. My British Bird Gang merch at British Gang.tml.com. And of course, if you like what we listen to on the podcast, then of course, leave us a review wherever it is you listen to your podcast and yeah that's about it for the plug so i'm about to go get some sleep to catch up on what i missed last night so as always thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week
1: see you next week thanks for listening and goodbye goodbye